0: once again to steve vines good morning how are you good good morning or something like that well it's a very slow news week really isn't it (laughs) but but one thing i want to ask you about the american election because that's obviously the six million pound gorilla in the room at the moment but more from this side of things steve and i just want your opinion um a lot of people in this part of the world are writing all over social media and stuff and their opinion seems to be we want Trump to win because he knows how to two-step with China. Now, it's just chit-chat, but what do you think to that?
1: Well, I I think it's it's very interesting and uh, many people have commented on this, so I'm not claiming this is a particularly uh, chilling new insight, but the fact of the matter is that in a deeply divided United States, in the Congress, in the House of Representatives, and obviously in the White House itself, yep. there is one issue over where there isn't much division. There is wall to wall agreement on both sides of the divide over a change relationship with China. The, the bill, um, on Hong Kong went through with solid support from both sides of the House. The statements that Joe Biden has made about China are very, very similar. To those made by by Donald Trump, and the idea, and I know I've seen it as you have, that 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 somehow Trump will be a, you know, more able to handle the relationship, um, suggests that there is actually some sort of difference between the way he would handle it and the way Biden would handle it.
0: There's one slight difference that we must throw in straight away: is that people are they also voting for Mike Pompeo?
1: Well, I think the point about Mike Pompeo, and and now one's got to be a little uh, unkind, is he does what he's told. So, you know, um, whoever becomes the Secretary of State in the event of a... It's the theatre of it, really. I mean, you've had, you know, you've had phenomenally, phenomenally influential Secretaries of State. Think of James Baker. Think of Henry Kissinger. But the, the, the people who sat in that job under Trump, I mean, people who barely remember the first incumbent, Tilson, who, who was a company executive. Mike Pompeo is is a large fella, so he's a bit more in, in people's mind. But honestly, I think the idea that, that Mike Pompeo is adding a distinctive flavour to the proceedings is, is, is fallacious. Well,
0: he's very vocal, and people here are digging what he says. I think it's somehow comforting to a lot
1: of people are. But I mean, I don't think people who are looking for a US president who will reset relations with the People's Republic of China will, will, will almost certainly find that there's a continuity of policy between... two administrations if it turns out that there is a different white house
0: why don't we know that much here I mean so why do people who say we want Trump because he'll sort out China why don't we know the other side here so much is it because they don't have Mike Pompeo
1: no I think it's because and this is the bitter pill that we who who live far away from America have to swallow (sighs) is most people actually don't really care if you look at the (laughs) opinion polls that have come out of the, um, uh, the, the post-voting process. Nowhere, nowhere on the spectrum is any aspect of foreign policy mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's staggering. I mean, you know, there's people who are concerned about the economy, they're concerned about the virus, they're concerned about racial inequality. These are the big issues. Foreign policy doesn't rate anywhere. As it so happens, Biden has a lot of experience as vice president and in his previous role in the Senate in Foreign Affairs. But, you know, he doesn't speak that much about it. In in those two rather bizarre debates, well, one was more bizarre than the other of the two candidates, Foreign Affairs got, got a mention that may have lasted more than a nanosecond before they quickly pivoted back to, to domestic politics. So I think it's always the case that in opposition you hear very little, very little indeed, from the the challenging candidate about foreign affairs, while the candidate who is the incumbent stresses their ability as a world statesman and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's a bit problematic for Trump, but nevertheless, he has been using that as his calling card. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know whether uh, Joe Biden is that much engaged in issues surrounding China, let alone Hong Kong. I think we can safely assume that he will be when he has to be.
0: Somebody said to me yesterday that he would be better at um, solidifying other nations.
1: But this is the great problem with the Trump presidency. Whatever you think of his policy towards China, he has an amazing ability to fall out with allies. I mean, (laughs) to be publicly castigating Germany, one of America's main allies in Europe, to be falling out with Canada on China's uh, on America's border, falling out with Mexico on America's border, these are the sort of things that most people who run a coherent foreign policy would say. You know what? We're going to keep our allies close, and we're going to, you know, deal with our enemies with a united front. I mean, America itself is obviously going to be stronger within the NATO alliance and within bilateral, multilateral institutions that that deal in areas where they have common interests. And the point is that regarding China, they do have a a great array of common interests.
0: You know, I started off asking about people's feelings from this side of the pond. I mean, that old, old ancient proverb, the enemy of me, my enemy is my friend. I think that's Kind of the way people are going when it comes to this. This. Thing.
1: They, 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 I, that's, I think, exactly the point. I mean, people hear the bombastic Donald Trump, you know, lashing out at the China virus. You know, we we we've got to sort this out. Yeah. You know, but but honestly, they need to at least remember that this is the same Donald Trump who says he has nothing but respect for Xi Jinping, that he's his closest friend, that we can do business, etc., etc., etc. I mean, the problem, really, with the Trump presidency has been inconsistency. It's not the fundamental problem what the policy is. I think under Trump, and he must be given at least acknowledgement for this, the policy towards China has changed, but so has the mood generally in the entire political spectrum in the United States. Mm. So I think people here who, who are asking, and it's a perfectly reasonable question, What does this election mean for us? Yeah, of course they are. I think they need to be told told that it actually, as far as Hong Kong and China is concerned, it doesn't mean that much because there will be a a large layer of continuity. I'm very sure of that.
0: Let's go NIMBY for a second. And I can only ask you what you think. We suppose we have a new president. What would we notice in this part? What would the people of Hong Kong possibly notice in your opinion?
1: I don't think, uh, and again, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't a sort of very nice answer to give, but I don't think people will notice very much.
0: Yeah, I thought. What I think
1: they will notice is that um, there will be more consistency under a Biden presidency. And I think, even though I have no illusions about them paying that much attention to Hong Kong, I think the important thing is that both in the, the House of Representatives and in the Senate, there is really a very high level of interest in Hong Kong. And that will be reflected in what the president does, whoever he is, because, you know, unlike Hong Kong, where Carrie Lam says there's no such thing as division of powers, in the United States, there most definitely is division of powers. And one branch of the government definitely has an influence on the other branches. So, Mm. you know, I think the pressure won't probably come from the White House, but it will come from the legislature.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, I just wondered what you thought about that one, and I'm afraid I guessed your answer. Not really much difference at all.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, not sexy, but there you
0: go. All right, then, Stephen. Rather,
1: rather more more um, back home has been the arrest of these eight members of the legislature arising from uh, chaotic scenes in the, um, <coughs> excuse me, in LegCo. in in May. Now what's interesting about this is they've been arrested under the Powers and Privileges Ordinance which we all thought was precisely the ordinance that protected members of the legislature Mm -hmm. from external intervention in the business that they were conducting while they were in the legislature. Obviously it doesn't do that. Well not obviously, apparently it doesn't do that. And apparently Where there is disruption, the only people who get arrested are members of the opposition camp. Now, this falls into a pattern, and I just want to share with the listener something called research that I've been doing over the week. I've looked into what's happened since the 2016 election, which returned 29 members of the pro-democracy camp. In the years since then, i.e. up to now, 86% of them, 86% of them have either been arrested more than once in many cases, expelled from the legislature, or barred from running again. Hmm. Only four, only four members of the pro-democracy camp have suffered none of these fates. And whether that will remain to be the case in the future, obviously, I, I, I don't know. It's not a safe assumption, given the high level of arrests. What has been happening has been a very, very clear determination by the um, powers that be to make it clear that if you play a leading role in the opposition, there'll be a heavy price to play.
0: Last Monday, Ronnie Tong made a distinction between their words in LegCo and their actions in LegCo, saying the actions is the important one. Yeah, it was on the news.
1: I, I, he did indeed say that. I remember him saying that. But I don't understand... Um, what his distinction means when people have been arrested, members of LegCo have been arrested for their words. So, you know, if that that was really a distinction, if that was something that made any sense at all, you would have to prove that nobody had been arrested for thought crimes. And it's very clear now that people have been arrested for thought crimes. The advocacy under the national security law of of, of sedition, etc., etc., falls into the category of thought crimes. Mm. And we've seen that happen. I know that none of those cases, and it's important to say this, none of those cases have been tried yet. So we can't make assumptions as to what will be the outcome. But we do know that charges have been laid because it's in the public domain. Uh, so you've got this... Oh, sorry, just just, just to wind it up. Thanks. I mean, what you're really seeing is a process of de-leg- delegitimising... There's many long words there delegitimizing the whole business of opposition basically saying if you're involved in opposition politics de facto somehow you're engaged in undermining the state you will be arrested you'll be disqualified you'll be you know uh, expelled from 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 the LegCo, et cetera, etc etc it's mm. it's something that all authoritarian regimes do you know putting legislators in in jail is something that the 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 very authoritarian government in Turkey has been doing. And of course, there is a much darker precedent precedent here, which is that one of the first things that the Nazis did once they seized power in Germany in the 1930s was to purge the Social Democrats and other members of, of the legislature to make it clear that being in opposition to the Nazis was de facto illegitimate, and rendered those people liable for prosecution. It's very dismal to see Hong Kong dr- joining that that list of authoritarian regimes in the way it deals with uh, people who oppose the government within the legislature. It's a, it's a dark day, another dark day.
0: I've got an email from Alan who... Writes numerous Hong Kongers, including my own family, we're going back to the slightly previous topic here, um, have said they support Trump because he's, quote, tough on China. Then they disparage Biden because he's Beijing Joe. But this seems absurd to me, says Alan. Trump will support Hong Kong while it suits him to attack Xi, will betray us the minute it suits him too. He is loyal to no one, cares nothing for human rights, his best buddies with the world's worst dictators. Biden dealt a lot with China as VP and before, but China has changed under Xi, says Alan, and the US Democrats recognise that. Finally, what bothers me, he says, is the report that Apple Daily has been doing pro-Trump PR, bashing Biden. He said, what on earth are they up to? It seems a very bad idea to lose bipartisan support for Hong Kong. Thanks, Alan.
1: Well, actually, I think that's an admirable summing up of, uh, of where we are. Can, can I just say one thing about Apple Daily? Um, I, I'm also very worried about this. And, and let me declare an interest. I, I write a column for Apple Daily. And in fact, I wrote a column saying that I thought that it was a very bad idea. to to do this. In other words, to start getting involved in the politics of the American election and taking sides with Trump. And to be fair to the paper, they published that. So I don't think it's a good idea what's been coming out. And I appreciate the fact that that there is still sufficient space within that particular newspaper to air a different opinion. I know that because I wrote it.
0: I don't know how far you want to go with this, Steve, but this is a very complex bit of news, this whole, this whole thing so about Apple So now we're Daily.
1: talking... Sorry? The whole thing about but Apple
0: Daily. It's extremely complicated.
1: It is a very complex piece of news. So just in case anybody hasn't followed what's been going on, let, let's just reel back. It appears <laughs> that um, Mark Simon, who who, who has worked with Apple Daily and work for Jimmy Lai, the owner's private companies, commissioned a report which turns out to be uh, way more than problematic riddled with um, problems, including its authorship and whether they've been um, honest about their sources. But the the, the nub of the report was that that, um, Joe Biden's son, had had business dealings in China Mm -hmm. and had benefited from those dealings and had had contacts which would influence a president, Biden, were he to be elected. That's the number there. Now, since then, Mark Simon has resigned from the company, has no connection with Apple. The paper itself has denied that it was involved in commissioning this report. But, you know mud sticks it's it's a nasty episode i think it was a very bad idea
0: well listen it's nearly time for us to go to the news but just to wrap that one up knowing them as you do you say you write for the guys you've lived around here for many many years did this genuinely surprise you like really you guys
1: yes i was surprised i thought i i, I thought it was a. a, a Say it like it is. I thought it was a piece of nuttiness.
0: All right, Steve, sit tight. We'll come back after the news. Let's morning brew for a Thursday. Still in with Steve Vines. Moving on, Steve. Whatever you want.
1: Well, uh, I'm afraid to say something closer to home at RTHK's Is the, the, the arrest of this producer who was working on Hong Kong Connection, who was arrested for providing falsification in obtaining the vehicle license records of suspects in the triad attack in Yunlong back in last July. Now, there's a number of things to say about this, but let's just start with the obvious. This is, by any standards, a very minor offence, even if it's proven, which it hasn't been. To launch a raid on the home of the person responsible to get her to do the Perk walk and have notified the media to be there to witness the Perk walk for this offence is outrageous by any standards. Then you come to the question of why was she arrested in the first place? This is a device commonly used by journalists. Please explain it, Steve. What it is, is, is it's a public registry of, of car licence plates. If you have the number, you can pay a small sum of money and find out who is the owner of the car. And how do we know it's a commonly used um, device among journalists? Because both of the communist newspapers, dagong Bao and Wen Wei Bao, have used this registry to name, and in their view, shame members, uh, sorry, people who have been driving vehicles that were involved in the protest movement last year. Mm-hmm. Has a single reporter from Wen Wei been um, arrested for that answer? No. Has a single reporter from Dagong Pao been arrested for that? Answer is no. So why is this arrest being made? Why is this arrest being made now? Is it because the Hong Kong Connection, this television program, produced a, a very detailed report about the, um, the attack and, at the Yunnan station last July? and made quite a number of allegations against the police, which they're very unhappy with. But the job of the police is not to use the power that they have to retaliate against critics. The job of the police is to enforce the law. And when the law is, number one, um, used selectively against opponents, and number two, abused in this extraordinary manner, the manner of the arrest I think people haven't focused enough on is, is... Absolutely breathtaking. I mean, you know, if you, it, it, it's on a par, it's on a par with a parking offence. Can you imagine police bursting into your home and searching it, saying you've parked your vehicle illegally on a number of occasions? We are now searching for evidence. I mean, this is just beyond belief. And the idea that um, the police force, without, without um, Hesitating, then go on to say this in no way represents an attack on press freedom. Is I mean, it's just macabre because obviously it does represent an attack on press freedom. If you are, and I hate this word, an investigative journalist, because my view is all journalists should be. They invested, do, isn't it? That's what <laughs> that's what journalism is. You investigate things. If if you cannot use public records to to verify stories to make the point um, through these records and what you're writing about, that would be including, incidentally, records about home ownership. As we know, public records were accessed to find out that policemen had illegal structures in their premises, these sort of things. So, you know, unless you're saying that anything to do with the police is off-limits for reporting, and on the other hand, you're saying... we we respect press freedom, media freedom is completely unaffected I can't see how these two statements can comfortably sit in a single paragraph, Mm. to use a journalist's term.
0: Yeah, hello to Bright who says, uh, I see RTHK is promoting the Dobbin number you can see where I'm going with this, I wasn't listening, I was busy (laughs) dealing with Steve's emotional problems then, (laughs) moving on yeah, uh, apparently this is the result of one person complaining
1: it support, yes, it is. Um, the, the, the Dobbin line, incidentally, is mainly supposed to be for national security offences. You know, it's a well-used thing. The Stasi in, in, in the old, now happily dead East Germany, the German Democratic Republic, as it was known,
0: yeah.
1: used this form of, of um, dobbing in to, to reinforce the Stasi's reign of terror. Over East Germany, oh great! we've got that in Hong kong now I'm, i I think that's one of the more welcome developments of the last couple of months i'm not sure that 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 uh, how this will actually work i mean i I have great faith in people in Hong Kong, but I do know that there are people who will of course use it, and some of them of course will abuse it because they have a grudge against somebody else who's got nothing to do with the law whatsoever mm. and we know that the police now are routinely saying that they're acting on public complaints. This isn't the first time this has happened. This pretext of public complaints. Well, you know what? Many people report things to the police. It's the job of the police force to sort out what is legitimate and unlawful and what isn't. It's not the job of the police force to say that every time I get a call from somebody wearing a a blue shirt, I have to rush off and, and act on it. That's not how the law is supposed to
0: work. I want to go back to your comment about the Stasi. There's an amazing film on Netflix in German called The Balloon. It's all about the East German balloon escape in 1979. Brilliantly done. But the point being, if you look at the interaction between people in this movie, the fear that the East German Dobbin line created, the fear that even family members were going to turn on them, children, aunts, whatever. Now, that's a massive weapon, turning people against people anyway.
1: It is. It, it, it's massive and it's horrifying. I want to be very clear that I'm not saying we've reached that stage. No, no, no.
0: I'm, j- I'm j- just saying... talking about no, the no, incident.
1: I, I know. That, that that film you mentioned is is extremely interesting. And what's even more interesting is, of course, that it's a German film, like The Lives yeah. of Others, which, which was another excellent film from Germany dealing with this period. What, what we know about this is that Germany... Because it has this bitter experience, wants to put as much of it on record as a warning to not only to German citizens, but to other people people contemplating going down that road. Now, Hong Kong hasn't, of course, fully gone down that road, but even taking the first baby steps in that direction is ominous.
0: Well, we took baby steps in that direction years ago, Steve. There have always been government hotlines, report smoky vehicles, report your neighbour doing this. And even in that embryonic stage, it's just a slippery slope.
1: Let me put my hand up. I've used a report line to (laughs) to report report streetlights being knocked out. So, yes, you're quite right. This is not new. What is new? Is, is, is the politicization. This is always the problem. It's the politicization of what should be innocuous law enforcement mechanisms. You know, in the same way as, as the usual suspects go around and go, oh, national security laws, everybody's got those. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. The question is, how are they used? It's not the devil is in the detail, it's the devil is in the substance. And the substance here is, That in other countries where you have national security laws, you don't have special courts to to try them. You don't have special police force to enforce it. You don't have a law which is so widely all-embracing that you never know whether you're in in a breach of it or not. Mm. So, you know, this idea that, 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 oh, it's all, you know, it's all what other people have. I don't see what you're jumping up and down about. God, that defies reality. It really does. This is where...
0: This is where horrible humans comes into it, because if you don't like somebody, <laughs> what's the first thing you're going to do?
1: Well, let's look at the examples that we know about. Let's look at China during the Cultural Revolution, where many, many people were denounced just for being a horrible neighbour, just because there'd been a dispute they didn't within like a them. village, hmm. a dispute within a township, a dispute within a city. A lot of that happened. The level of injustice, I refer you to Frank DiCotta's admirable book on this subject, yeah. which, um, which should be a must-read for any of these would-be authoritarians in Hong Kong, some of whom can read, in fact. They should try and give it a go. It's, it's a very, very dismal story.
0: I think we've got time for one more, Steve.
1: Shall we just talk very briefly, because it's such a massive thing about the pulling of the ant group Um, IPO. Once again
0: that needs some explanation. I know what the theories are about this, somebody's upset somebody, but what's your take on it?
1: Okay, so just just, just to put it in context, this was going to be this isn't small fry, this was going to be the world's largest initial public offering. Big deal. Listing in Shanghai and in Hong Kong. Big deal. It was, the Ant Group is, is a financial payment platform which has been spun off from Jack Ma's Alibaba. Now, two days before the listing was to go ahead, Jack Ma, who incidentally isn't directly involved in this, um, (coughs) in the Ant Group IPO, but obviously is a substantial owner of the group. Mm -hmm. um, And colleagues from the company were called into the regulatory authorities in Beijing and basically told, you've got to pull it. We don't like what you're, well, actually, we don't actually know the, the specific reasons why it was pulled. What we do know is that in October, which is last month, Jack Ma made a speech criticizing the regulatory authorities, not just in China, incidentally, but in other parts of the world for for what's the word? I'm trying to get this right for um, curbing the development of technology companies by the way they regulated them. I think that's a fair way of, of describing this. So
0: by this stage, people will have reached a conclusion about this, but do go on.
1: They will, they may well have. Now, of course, in its announcement of counselling the IPO, as I say, within two days, people who already paid money to subscribe for the shares, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the government suddenly in Beijing suddenly discovered that there were all sorts of regulatory issues. Well, remember, to prepare an IPO takes literally months, if not years. All of this <coughs> would have been aired during that process. If, if the regulatory authorities had these concerns, and for all I know, they're perfectly genuine, but if they had these concerns, they'd had ample opportunity to air them during the process prior to the launch of the IPO. The only thing that we know in the public domain that changed was that um, uh, Jack Ma had the temerity to criticise the regulatory authorities. And then we know something else. If you look at Chinese media, principally um, People's Daily, which said that the authorities have a responsibility, I'm quoting directly, to control the people and watch the money. In other words, it looks, as a prima facie case, it looks as though this is a punishment for speaking out. And it's. A very telling punishment because all of those people in the business community who say national security law clamp down in opposition. That's only for troublemakers. We don't need to worry. You know, making money is going to be fine. Huh. Ask Jack Maher about that.
0: That's where we're going to leave it. Thanks very much. As always, Steve Vines right here.